I know that women can regularly go for MOT yeah. checks and their fertility, but can men do the same? And if so, what can they be looking out for? Because I am very aware, and I spoke to you about this when mm. I came in, and this is a different section, but there's a lot of tests out there on the nutrition side yeah. of intolerances or allergies. They're not the gold standard method. They're not ones that we rely on and mm. they're not great predictors. So for me, I know that there's a lot of fatty tests out there. Mm. Fertility is obviously not my area. So is it the same on that side of things? Like if men want to are listening to this and thinking maybe I want to go and get checked, what would you recommend as an MOT? What do they need to look out for? Yeah, so, I mean, whereas we've heard of the fertility MOT for the woman, mm. you know, that same concept doesn't really seem to exist so much for a man. Um, and I think that's really, really inadequate and, and quite shocking, actually, mm. because we absolutely need to have these tests in place for men and need to be able to do these consultations and take all these different factors into account and, and have a chat with the men who are concerned or who may have a family history of something that could be impacting them. So I think the most basic thing you can do, which won't cost you a lot of money is to go and get a semen analysis it doesn't matter so you can request it of a gp but quite often a gp won't do it unless you've been trying for a certain period of time and then that test needs to be done but even if you go to get it privately you know it's not that expensive a test to have and it's easily done but that at least allows you some level of insight into what could be going on so that when it comes to you wanting to think about starting a family you've got some reassurance from that or if it's the opposite if there are abnormalities that are there then there's time to do something about it right and and to sort of implement certain things in place and here's the really good thing that this may all sound like doom and gloom the other side to this is because we know the environment so heavily influences spam the great thing is that we now know that there are so many things that can be done to reverse those effects. And here's the thing that, you know, men turn over sperm every three months. They produce new sperm every three months. So they have a real opportunity to really sort of focus their efforts on that and to make a really big difference. And I've seen men just through, you know, cleaning up their diets and and eating in a healthier way completely reverse some of their abnormalities on a wow. semen analysis, which is incredible, right? So sometimes it's it's just doing these really simple things, whatever is within your reach, that means you can actually have a really, really big impact. And it doesn't need to cost you a lot. It doesn't necessarily even involve huge amounts of effort, but it's just being aware. It's just having that information in front of you to be able to go, okay, you know, I need to do something about this and I'm going to do something sooner rather than later before I find myself in this situation, preempting a potential situation. And I think that's so important and it leads me on to my next part actually, which is going to be around misinformation because I do Mm. think sometimes, and this can be in health in general, Mm. we are so overwhelmed sometimes by the amount of information and then also the amount of misinformation Mm. that's out there. And, 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 you know, science is forever changing. Mm. And so information does change but I do think for the average person it just sometimes feels a bit overwhelming so I'd love to ask you at what age does the reproductive chances start to drop I've heard it can be 35 I've also heard it can be 37 is that also the same for men because I hear a lot around this of just women but I don't think we ever actually go oh well it's the same for men because we have this belief or I do that men can have years and years and years to think about this right so i'd love to ask you that question is it the fear factor of hitting your 30s and you drop off the cliff or do you have longer 
So this is a little bit of a bugbear for me because that whole concept of dropping off a cliff, right? I think it's a really inaccurate one. Um, And that happens for very, very few people that they suddenly find themselves in a situation where they have very low reserves um, within a short space of time, whereas before things may have been fine. On the whole, this is a gradual decline that is influenced by age in both men and women. So really want to stress that it does happen to men too. And we think that with men, on average, it sort of begins to have a more significant impact around the age of 40. With women, it is slightly earlier than that. So yeah, you know, 35, like you've heard of, is the age that most people have in their heads is when that decline starts to happen. And that decline is in both the number of eggs and also how good those eggs are. So the DNA integrity of those eggs. And both of those factors begin to decline, which is why we can find and and often see that, you know, when a woman is older, she may struggle to conceive. And also the risk of miscarriage starts to go up and potential congenital abnormalities as well. And that's all associated with this decline that we see, which is heavily influenced and related to age. But here's the thing that when you ask me, when will that happen? It's almost an impossible question to answer because people are so different. And for some women, they can go through an earlier menopause. You know, they can sometimes have a really strong family history of this. And they can suddenly, you know, find themselves in their early 30s or early 40s going through the menopause, whereas normally it's supposed to happen, you know, closer to the age of 50. So for those women, it's really, really important that they know that they might be in that at-risk group and that if they are, they have a chance to do something about that, you know, whether it's freezing their eggs or, you know, starting their family slightly earlier, but they are given these opportunities, the same opportunities to have their own biological children if that's what they want to do. And this is where the whole concept of testing and being proactive about it and thinking about these things is really, really important. So for those women, they will have an accelerated rate of decline compared to the average woman. And then there are those women, you know, and I do see these women too, who, you know, are in their early 40s and they're fertile. They're they're really fertile. You know, they have good reserves. Their eggs as well are, are good and, you know, they'll get pregnant. I mean, I had during this pandemic, I was working a lot on the front line and um, a lot of people found that they couldn't necessarily access the help that they needed. So, you know, people were at home and I'd like to think, you know, hopefully having lots of sex and not as stressed out as, as normal. And what I found was just a really overwhelming number of women in their 40s who I was seeing who were pregnant naturally. I had one who was 48 and she was pregnant for the third time. You know, and it came as quite a big shock for her. Now, I'm not saying that's normal and and it's not. You know, the chance Mm. of that happening is really, really small, but it is possible. And so I just think in a way we we need to move away from that narrative of, well, you know, there's, there's this cliff that we approach and then suddenly it's all over. It is a much more gradual process than that. And it's different for each woman. And I think to be able to have some kind of idea about how fast your own biological clock is ticking, you need to potentially be thinking about doing some of these tests ahead of time. And, and, you know, we can talk about that as well. Thank you for listening. For the full interview, follow the link in the show notes and be sure to subscribe, follow and share the Live Well, Be Well podcast. 
Before you go, I have something new to tell you about. There's brand new bonus content waiting for you with every new guest I speak to. These are exclusively for my inner circle of Apple subscribers. To listen now, head to the Live Well, Be Well show page on Apple Podcasts, where you can activate your free trial and you can enjoy the podcast without adverts.